passages of scripture. I just don't usually jump around like this, but I want to show you something today. I'm going to be reading from Titus chapter 2, and then from 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 and 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. I'm just going to pick out a verse here. It may seem a little bit uh, out of context because it's in the middle of some things, but I think you'll see it all come together here. Titus chapter 2, verse 13. The Apostle Paul has penned all the words of Scripture we will read for our Scripture text. Titus 2.13 says, Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 10 says, And to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. And finally, from chapter 4 of that same book, First Thessalonians, a very familiar passage of scripture for, for us, beginning at verse 13, the apostle writes, but I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Comfort ye one another, comfort one another with these words. I want to talk a day today about the blessed hope. The blessed hope. It's time to go home. The blessed hope. It's time to go home. How many of you love home? I love home. The older I get, the more I love home. <laughs> I love going home. I love being home. <laughs> Maybe I'm just too old, but home is a good place. You know, it's it's very good. It's 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 a wonderful thing to be able to travel and experience places that you've never seen before and things you've never done before. It's it's wonderful. It's quite remarkable, isn't it? As I was thinking about this, I started thinking about Sister Alexandria, who's not with us today, but recently she had the privilege of going all the way over to Vietnam a place that we were trying to stay away from when I was a young man. <laughs> and I would imagine it had to be a very, very exciting experience for her, exciting as she prepared to leave, and maybe she even found the trip exhilarating. I haven't had a chance to talk to her yet, but 
about that, but I would imagine that would be the case. But if she's anything like me, there comes a time when no matter how far you've traveled, your heart turns toward home. And after being away for a while, I'm ready to go back to where my roots are, to the place that is mine, to the place that is most familiar to me. Because you see, when you're home, you are loved there. When you're home, it's safe. When you're home, you are comfortable. When you are home, you are at peace. And Mother and I, we, we have to travel from time to time, and sometimes we drive, and when we drive and we, we are on our way home and we turn on to Harold Drive, we kind of smile at each other and feel like if the car breaks down now, it's okay. We can make it home from here. We can walk from here. We're home. And when we get home and kind of put a few things away and get settled and we, we fall on our knees together and we pray and we give thanks unto the Lord for taking us on the trip and for what we experienced and we thank him most of all for bringing us home. Praise the Lord. Saints, once we've been born again of the water and of the spirit, and we have been made worthy to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. We love our Lord and Savior even though we have not seen him face to face. And we rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. For we consider the place he has gone to prepare for us home. And if that is so, then we long to see him. We long to go home. It becomes a delight and not a dread. Now, I also understand this. Children typically do not always like to go home. They want to visit other places and they want to seem to visit every place but home. They don't value home because home is routine and sometimes home is mundane and home requires adherence to certain disciplines. So the children, sometimes the lack of something different takes the fun out of home. Quite frankly, this is a sign of immaturity. And, uh, you know, we're blessed to have eight grandchildren now and I see this in them, this, 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 not, this unwillingness to go home. <laughs> Our oldest granddaughter, well, she'll be 12 in a few weeks. And I remember when she was a little, little girl and we would have her here with us sometime. <clears throat> when her parents came from Boston area to pick her up and they got ready to put her in the car, she would scream like she's being kidnapped. And she would just, and I thought it was just the craziest thing. It was just, you know, the first time around for me. She would scream and she would cry because she did not want to go home. She wanted to stay with Grammy and Poppy. Um, but thank God she went home. <laughs> and one of my little grandsons is here today, Aiden. I was taking him home maybe about a week or so ago, and we, he's asking me, where are we going? I didn't tell him. <laughs> but he began to recognize, he's three years old, going on four, but when we got around his neighborhood, he, he started talking to me. He said, where are you taking me? Are you taking me home? I said, yes. When I got to a stop sign, he wanted me to turn left, <laughs> even though I should been turning right. He wanted to take me someplace else. But we turned right. And I took him home. He wasn't happy about it until he saw his brother. Then he punched him one time and, and he was fine. He was, he was glad to be home. But, but me, I'm different. I love home. And when I have 
been out for a while. I, I long to come home. And I'm sharing all this because, saints, we need to live so that we long to go home and be with the Lord in that place that he has prepared for us. Now, I'm not being morbid. That's not my train of thought at all. I'm really not talking about going home through the channels of death necessarily, although we know that's, that will be the channel some of us goes through. But I'm just talking at this point about longing for home and realizing that this world is not our home. The writer of the book of Hebrews says, for we look for a city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. And as I was thinking about this, the words of Rufus Cornelius, the hymn writer, came to mind when he said, as I journey through the land, singing as I go, pointing souls to Calvary, to the crimson flow. He said, many arrows pierce my soul from without, within. But my Lord leads me on. Through him I must win. And then he wrote for his chorus, oh, I want to see him. Look upon his face. There to sing forever of his saving grace. On the streets of glory, by the way, which are covered with gold. <laughs> Not just a few nuggets in your pocket. You will walk on gold. He said, on the streets of glory, let me lift my voice. Cares are past. <laughs> Maybe that's why I want to go home. <laughs> he said, home at last ever to rejoice. Again, I'm not thinking about going home through the channels of death, but I'm, I'm talking about the hope of every true child of God to be home with Jesus Christ. You know, I'm supposed to be preaching in, in Chicago next weekend, and I got a message from the pastor. I shared some things with you on Friday night that said, uh, Bishop, I'm glad you're very understanding. We're going to need to reschedule because we've had death in the church. And uh, while my heart goes out to the, the, the church there and we'll be praying for them and their family, I was inside, I was jumping up and down and saying, it's good, I don't have to go to Chicago. I can stay home. Now, you might not be glad about it, but I'm glad about it. Praise the Lord. Paul in Titus chapter 2 calls, amen, uh, this expectation of being with the Lord a blessed hope. He said, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and, or in other words, even our Savior, Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. And so, amen, I want you to know that the next important event on God's time clock is the catching away of the saints, commonly referred to as the rapture of the saints. When the Lord will come to take us out of this world. The Greek word translated rapture is pronounced harpazo. Uh, it, it is the word the Apostle Paul uses in our text from 1 Thessalonians 17 when he, when he talked about the saints being caught up to meet the Lord in the air. Harpazo means to be snatched, praise the Lord, or taken away by force. Oh, Jesus ascended into the heavens according to Acts chapter 1 and his disciples watched him leave. Pray, praise the Lord. Maybe maybe he went up like, like a helium balloon goes up, but when he comes for us, he's going to snatch us out of this world. Praise the Lord. And right now, praise God, amen, we are, we are living in the end times for the church. And I, I just want to give you a little bit of sense for what's going to happen from now to the great white throne judgment. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Because you see, it's so, it's so possible to get wrapped up, tied up, and tangled up in this life, in this world, and what you can accomplish here until you forget all about the fact that this world is not our home. 
You can become so focused on your education and your dollars and a nicer neighborhood, a bigger house, a fancier automobile, or whatever it is that attaches you to this world until you forget that, amen, we are just pilgrims passing through here. This world is not our home. Don't get so attached to this life until it and its fancies become your priority. Be willing to let it go in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. Praise the Lord. Amen. So we are now living in the church age. The next thing that's going to happen is the rapture of the church. And then the world is going to have a time the Bible refers to as the great tribulation. Seven years of trouble like the world has never seen before. You think we're in trouble now and headed for trouble? We're headed for trouble the world can't even imagine right now. Praise the Lord. At the close of the tribulation period there will be a great battle called the battle of Armageddon and then Satan will be thrown into the bottomless pit for a thousand years and when he's thrown into the pit for a thousand years then the Lord Jesus Christ will come with his saints and reign on earth he will be king of all the earth with a bodily presence for a thousand years we call that the millennial reign of Christ. After that time, Satan will be loosed from the bottomless pit for a little while and he'll be back up to his old pranks, his old tricks, having folk acting crazy, talking crazy, doing crazy things, can't get along with one another. Praise the Lord. And he's going to cause the nations of the earth to rise up against the saints. Praise the Lord. And then the Bible makes it clear to us in the book of Revelations that fire will come down from God and destroy the armies, amen, of the nation. And uh, and then Satan uh, is going to be thrown into the lake of fire that burns with brimstone, which will be the second death. And then there will be a great judgment, the great white throne judgment, when everybody that died that wasn't a part of the rapture is going to stand before God, great and small, from every nation that has ever been on the face of the earth to be judged of the deeds that were done in their body and after that great white throne judgment John said I saw a new heaven and a new earth all the former things that you are attached to down here that hinder you from wanting to go home it's all going to go away hallelujah to the Lord amen but right now we're we're in the beginning of this end if you will we are in the church age and so amen what God has done in his infinite wisdom is determined to set up his church as the spiritual kingdom of God on earth in these last days amen and then to get in the church you've got to do more than come through the doors after you've parked your automobile in the parking lot to get in the church of Jesus Christ you've got to be born into it amen you've got to be baptized into it John's gospel chapter 3 verse 5 Jesus said except a man be born again of the water and of the spirit he cannot enter into the kingdom of God once you repent from your sins you must be baptized in water in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins and you must receive the gift of the Holy Ghost the way they received in the acts of the apostles speaking with other tongues as the spirit gives utterance amen praise God coming to the church of Jesus Christ and being a part of the church is not just walking through the doors and giving the preacher your hand and going through a nice ceremony Paul says in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 13 that we have to be baptized into this one body. We are baptized into this body by the Spirit, by the Holy Spirit of God. Praise the Lord our God. Jesus is coming back for the church. It is symbolized, if you will, by a Jewish wedding. You see, in the Jewish wedding, the bridegroom is betrothed to the bride. And uh, once he's betrothed, then he goes and he prepares a place for the bride uh, so that she can come to live with him once the marriage has been consummated. And at the appropriate 
time when he is finished, he comes then to the bride's father's house to get her to receive her and to take her to the wedding. Praise the Lord. Where, amen, after the wedding is over, the marriage is consummated. You see, my friend, this is what Jesus was talking about in John's gospel, chapter 14. Amen. When he said to his disciples, let not your heart be troubled. He said, ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. He said, I go to prepare a place for you. That's what he's doing now. And he said, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there ye may be also. Praise the Lord. And so symbolically, the church of Jesus Christ is called the body of Christ sometimes because he is the head of the body. And sometimes it's referred to as the bride of Christ because Jesus Christ is the bridegroom who will come for his church. Now, now before this rapture, the Bible tells us that certain things are going to take place. Jesus talked about it in Matthew's gospel, chapter 24, and in Luke's gospel, chapter 21 in particular. And he said there would be some signs that would precede his coming. Hallelujah. And we, first of all, he told us, I'm not going to tell you the exact day I'm coming in, in, in Matthew 24 and 36, but he told us to be ready in verse 44. So here are some of the signs that will precede his coming. The Bible said there will be earthquakes in various places. It seems like that's happening more and more frequently. In this 21st century alone, there have been 463, there's been more than 463 earthquakes that are of magnitude 7 or greater. And they have caused an insurmountable numbers of deaths around the world. And then there seem to be strange signs in the heavens. It seems like our weather patterns are not like they used to be when some of us were young people. Tornadoes in the United States, according to the Associated Press, amen, uh, are more frequent than they have ever been. We seem to have these odd weather patterns that uh, admittedly to the experts are baffling them. They don't understand what's going on or why it's going on. They're trying to dub it, you know, global warming and all this kind of stuff. But because they really don't want to admit that the Bible is right and that Jesus Christ is soon to come. Amen. It's not so much carbon emissions that's causing this. It's the hand of God that is moving and making us know that the catching away of the church of Jesus Christ is soon. In the 1970s, one tornado every 150 days was happening in our country. Now is one tornado every 100 days uh, and, and super busy days for tornadoes equal 30 t- tornadoes or more in one day day. Amen. In in the 70s, this phenomenon occurred once every two years. Now it's 30 or more in a day. Hallelujah. What about the wars and the rumors of wars? We have Afghanistan. We've got Israel having problems. We've got problems in Iran. We've got the Somali civil war. We've got the Syrian civil war that hasn't quite died down yet. We've got rumblings in Iraq and the Sudanese civil war and the Libyan civil war. Amen. What about what about people's health? Well, folks are dying of heart attacks because they're fearful and they're afraid. And people are preoccupied now with gaining wealth even though wealth is not going to be their savior when the Lord comes. All these signs and many, many more point to the soon return of our Lord Jesus Christ. But let me, let me just dwell for a few minutes on a 
the sign that so many of us overlook and we should be paying attention to. We should be paying attention to what is going on in Israel. Hallelujah. One of the greatest signs of the imminent return of our Lord is what's happening with this nation. This nation that he called his people. Amen. You know, to the average secular historian, amen, the most uh, significant events of the 20th century would be the Great Depression and the two world wars and the Cold War and tearing, tearing down of the Berlin Wall and the collapse of the Soviet Union and a few other things that have happened. Few, if any, of these secular historians would even mention uh, Israel's rebirth even as a footnote. Uh, praise the Lord. But this is very significant because a thousand, thousands of years ago, the Lord promised Abraham and Isaac and Jacob uh, that he would give him a land that we call Palestine today. Uh, and when he scattered them throughout the nations for their disobedience, he promised them that he would bring them back into the land in the last days. And so Israel became a nation, amen, in 1948 after being no nation for about 2,000 years or so. And so, amen, in May of 1938, when David Ben-Gurion stood on the steps of a museum in Tel Aviv uh, uh, and read the Declaration of Independence for Israel and the United Nations voted to establish Israel as a nation state again, that was a big deal because God prophesied in his word that this would happen again. It took 2,000 years but it came to pass just like the Bible said it would. Amen. If you uh, will go along with me, amen, and look at what happened to them. They were dismantled. There has never been an ancient nation on the face of the earth that was dismantled and almost obliterated like the nation of Israel that has ever risen up out of the ashes to become a modern day nation again. You see, this is a modern day miracle. Amen. It's wonderful to read the Bible. We should read the Bible. But some things are happening right before our eyes. This is why you got to get off of that crazy internet and all this silly entertainment and begin to get your head in the word of God and listen to the news, young people, and pay attention to what's going on because a lot of this stuff that you're, you're spending your time with are demonic distractions that keep you away from what you really should pay attention to because we need to be getting ready to leave this world. Praise the Lord our God. Amen and man and so you see in 70 AD a Roman general by the name of Titus came into Jerusalem and he destroyed the temple and he wiped out everything that related to Jewish worship as they had experienced it from the time that God established it with Moses and built a tabernacle in the wilderness thousands of years before and there was no more offering of daily sacrifices there was no more religious worship hallelujah to God amen but but if you read the Bible in the Old Testament don't be afraid of the Old Testament amen because it's the Old Testament and the New Testament that is the word of God some of the names might seem very unfamiliar but there's a message there to be read and to be understood and to be obeyed every one of those Old Testament prophets Isaiah and Jeremiah, Ezekiel and Joel and Zechariah and Michael and Hosea all prophesied about the restoration of Israel after the great diaspora. In Hosea chapter 3 verses 4 and 5 the Bible says for the children of Israel shall abide many days without a king and without a prince and without a sacrifice and without an image and without an ephod and without teraphim. Afterwards shall the children of Israel return and seek the Lord their God and David their king and shall fear the Lord and his goodness amen in the latter days you see God promised that he would bring them back amen in the 36th chapter of the book of Ezekiel I want to read just a little bit to you beginning at verse 22 one of these great prophecies says therefore say unto the house of Israel thus saith the Lord God I do not 
this for your sakes, O house of Israel, but for mine own holy namesake, which ye have profaned among the heathen, whether you went. You see, God was bringing them back because he wanted to honor his name and keep his promise. It wasn't because the Israeli people are more holier than anyone else. They started out, the Bible says in the seventh chapter of the book of Deuteronomy, as the smallest nation on the face of the earth. But God set his love upon them so he could reveal to the rest of the world that there is only one God and one Savior for the whole round world. In Ezekiel 36 and 23, God says, and I will sanctify my great name which was profaned among the heathen, which ye have profaned in the midst of them. And the heathen shall know that I am the Lord, saith the Lord God, when I shall be sanctified in you before their eyes. For I will take you from among the heathen and gather you out of all countries and bring you into your own land. Then will I sprinkle clean water upon you. Talking about baptism. And ye shall be clean from all your filthiness and from all your idols which I will I cleanse you. He said a new spirit. Talking about the Holy Spirit. Amen. A new spirit will I uh, give you. A new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart of your flesh. And I will give you an heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes. And ye shall keep my judgments and do them. And ye shall dwell in the land that I gave to your fathers. And ye shall be my people. And I will be your God. I will also save you from your uncleanness. And I will call for the corn. And will increase it. And lay no famine upon you. I've had a privilege to be there a couple of times. Israel is one of the most prosperous nations now on the face of the earth. They not only have one growing season, they have two growing seasons. You, you know when, when, we, when the United Nations determined that, amen, Israel could be a nation state again. When, when, when that doctrine was signed by, by, by England and they gave them the land, the Arabs all around there said, let them go back. It's nothing but swamp. It's nothing but mosquitoes. Everything is dead there. Nothing can grow there. They thought, let them go back if they wanted into that desolate land. But see, God said, I, I don't care what man says, when I bring them back in the land, it's going to become prosperous again. Because God said to Abraham, I'm going to take you to a land that flows with milk and honey, a prosperous land, a great land. And so no matter what is going on, amen, back there, amen, prior to 1948, God turned it around because the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof and all that dwell therein. Amen. And so he says again in verse 29, 29, I will also save you from all your uncleanness and I will call for the corn and will increase it and lay no famine upon you and I will multiply the fruit of the tree and the increase of the field that ye shall receive no more reproach of famine among the heathen. Then shall ye remember your own evil ways and your doings that were not good and shall loathe yourself they come to repentance in your own sight for your iniquities and for your abominations he said not for your own sakes do I this saith the Lord God amen be it known unto you be ashamed and confounded for your own ways O house of Israel so this is just an example of how God promised to bring them into the land and they tell me in between 1881 and 1900, 30,000 Jews who were persecuted in Russia began to move back to Palestine. And between 1904 and 1914, 32,000 more Jews left Russia and returned to Palestine. Between 1924 and 1932, 78,000 Polish Jews found themselves escaping what would later, about 10 years, be a Holocaust. They, they left uh, Poland and they and came to Palestine. Uh, uh, in 1933 through 1939 Jews who were persecuted in Germany and in Central Europe left where they were and they moved to Palestine. Uh, in 1940 through 1948 95,000 Jews uh, 
persecuted in Central Europe moved to Palestine. And in 1948, the new state of Israel was born. Amen. And the Arabs kept trying to wipe them out, even as some would try to wipe them out today. And, and there was a major war in 1967. Many of you were not born, but God showed I'm still alive and well. I'm still working miracles in the heart and the life of my people. And so in 1967, when a number of Arab nations that surrounded Israel, with the exception of, of the West, where the Mediterranean Sea is, they were surrounded by Arabs who didn't want them to be there. They rose up all, all around them, in the north, in the east, and in the south, to try to destroy them. Israel didn't have much. They said at one time, Israel's army was, they, they just had a little prop plane that they were calling their air force, and they would take grenades by hand and drop out grenades. That's what the that's what the airmen would do. They didn't have the modern equipment, amen, that we have today. But God gave them victory. And in 1967, although the nations all around them rose up against them to destroy them, in six days, hallelujah, that, that, that's a miracle. We, how long have we been in Afghanistan? How long have we fooled around in Syria? How long do we stay in Vietnam? Amen. To come out with wounds and bruises and many, many deaths in every situation. But in six days in modern time, praise the Lord, God, amen, subdued their enemies all around them and made a little place that's about the size of New Jersey. Amen. A powerful nation in the midst of their enemies. David said, amen, thou will prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Everybody around them, including Iran, they want to get to them, but nobody is going to get to Israel because God is on their side. Let the church say amen. In 1973, they were attacked by Egypt on the east and Syria on the west. And the Lord turned the battle around so much so until Russia got involved and the United States got involved and said, listen, we, we need a treaty over here. Amen. We need to stop this aggression against Israel. Amen. And it caused the treaty to stand. Amen. And Israel is still there. If you will go from Ezekiel chapter 36 to 37, you read about the valley of the dry bones, don't you? And oh, we get excited when somebody preaches about that. But the literal meaning there is that God would take a dead nation, a nation that had been strewn across the world for 2,000 years, and he would resurrect them and bring them back to life. And so when Ezekiel spoke the word of the Lord and the wind of the Spirit brought those bones together and put, amen, sinew and flesh upon them, and when God sent the wind of his Spirit and breathed into them and they became alive again, the Bible said they stood up and exceeding great army. But but if you were going reading beyond that, I've thought about preaching this for years about the two sticks because one stick represented Israel and the other stick represented Judah. God said, I'm going to bring the two sticks back together. I'm going to bring Judah and Israel back together and no more would you talk about the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom just like the foolishness of Solomon and Jeroboam split them up. I'm going to bring them back together again. Saints, I want you to know this is happening in our day and time to the glory of God. Prophecy is being fulfilled in our day and in our time. So the rapture of the church is imminent. Praise the Lord our God. It can take place at any time now. And you and I ought to be preparing to go home. Amen. If you're not prepared, you need to be born again of the water and of the spirit. And if you've already been born again, you need to have a pure heart. For the Bible says, blessed are the pure in heart. For they shall see God. And the scripture says, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. Too many people now, amen, that claim to be Christians are rubbing elbows with the world, involved with the world. Listen, you've got to cut the world loose. You've got to cut them out. Amen. The Bible says, come out from among them and be ye separate 
from the said the Lord touch not the unclean thing and I will receive you unto myself I'll be your God and you can be my people John said love not the world neither the things that are in the world he said if any man love the world the love of the father is not in him for all that is in the world is the lust of the eye the lust of the flesh and the pride of life amen and praise God some of you amen act as though that I got three eyes and amen four ears praise the Lord because I stand firm on the fact there needs to be a difference between clean and unclean holy and unholy the people of God and the people of the world we are not look like them we are not act like them amen many places they go in the things they do amen we've been separated from that kind of life so we can prepare ourselves for the return of the Lord for the glorious appearing praise God a lot of folks get nervous when you start talking about Jesus coming because they don't want to be left behind well there's no reason you have to be left behind if you obey the word of God I just want you to know that it's going to happen sooner than many of you think is going to happen it could very well happen in this generation that the Lord comes amen because there's not another thing that needs to be satisfied especially for Israel that hasn't already been satisfied we ought to be looking to that city that has foundation whose builder and maker is God we ought to wear the garment of this world loosely I'm not talking about your physical threads I'm talking about the stuff that's got you tied up like your bank book amen praise God like your education and your bigger promotion those things are nice but they ought to be very secondary praise hey, glory to God for the Bible makes it very clear to us that soon we're going to be going home I read to you from first Thessalonians chapter 4 amen but if you look in Paul's writings praise God in the book of first Corinthians chapter 15 he makes it clear to us that this is going to happen very quickly Paul says now this I say brethren that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God listen we're not going to heaven in these bodies these bodies are of the earth they've been contaminated by sin amen and we're still struggling with them to some degree amen but just as sure as the preacher says ashes to ashes and dust to dust amen this body is not going there the bible says flesh and blood shall not inherit the kingdom of God when Jesus Christ came out of the grave amen it wasn't that body amen that he went into the grave with because Paul explains here in 1 Corinthians 15 that there are bodies terrestrial that is bodies of the earth and there are bodies celestial and we shall be like him the Bible says for we shall see him as he is now grab a hold of this with your mind amen when we are when we are changed hallelujah praise God with a glorified body like Jesus you won't be able to look out there and see male and female anymore we won't be angels but we'll have celestial bodies and angels forget about what the artists say angels don't come in girl and boy sexes or genders the angels don't have gender and when we leave here we're not going to have gender so saith the Lord almighty praise the Lord our God so that's why we need to be getting ready to get out of here we ought to be getting ready to go home let the church say amen Paul says here let me tell you something he said neither doth corruption that's our current bodies inherit in corruption he said behold I show you a mystery amen people in the Old Testament talked a little bit about the second coming of Christ but they never understood that there would be a church hallelujah in the last days and they never understood that Jesus Christ would come back and stop in the midair to take the church out of the world they talked about the second coming but it all had to do with the millennial reign of Christ because this was a mystery the church is a mystery oh glory and the snatching away of the saints was a mystery that was never revealed in the Old Testament but 
God has revealed it by his holy apostles uh, in his word in the New Testament. Uh, so the apostle Paul says, uh, now this I say, brethren, uh, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Uh, neither doth corruption inherit corruption. Uh, he said, behold, I show you a mystery. Uh, I'm going to make this plain to you. Uh, we shall not all sleep. Uh, in other words, we're not all going to die. Uh, he said, but we shall all be changed. Uh, hallelujah. Uh, look how quickly it's going to happen. Uh, in a moment, uh, in the twinkling of an eye, uh, at the last trump. Uh, hallelujah to God. Uh, literally, we're going to be here one moment. Uh, and then we're going to be snatched out of this world. Uh, before that moment can be over, uh, we shall be changed. Uh, hallelujah. Uh, thank you, Jesus. Uh, and as I tell you from time to time, uh, anybody in here that doesn't go, uh, you're welcome to whatever I have. Uh, go to my house. Uh, amen. Kick the door in if you want to. Uh, if you can't find my keys, kick the door in. Uh, if there's anything in there you want, you're welcome to it. Uh, because I'm not going to need it anymore. Uh, go find the keys to my automobiles uh, since you think they're so good uh, get the keys and drive it all you want uh, because I'm not going to need it anymore uh, if you're big and you got some hey amen you can fit my big clothes uh, go get them uh, wear them uh, if you like my shoes wear them because uh, I'm not going to need it anymore uh, hallelujah to God uh, praise the Lord our God uh, I'm not wrapped up tied up and tangled up in this world uh, and that's why you and I can't understand each other sometimes. Uh, because I'm looking to go home. Uh, my heart is turned homeward. Uh, let the church say amen. Uh, praise the Lord. It's going to happen in a moment. Uh, and the twinkling of an eye at the last trump. Uh, for the trumpet shall sound. Uh, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible. Uh, and we shall all be changed. Uh, for this corruptible must put on incorruption. Uh, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written in the Old Testament. Death is swallowed up in victory. That's why the Bible says, Oh death, where is thy sting? Oh grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin. And the sin of the sting of death is sin and the strength of sin is the law but thanks be to God which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ is there anybody living victoriously for Christ in the midst of this sinful world hallelujah I thank God that I have the victory over sin I don't practice sin I have victory over this sin I'm an overcomer now because I have the real Holy Ghost amen I didn't just accept the Lord he came into me hallelujah to God and now I've got power because the Bible says in Acts 1 and 8 that after the Holy Ghost after it's come upon you you shall have power do I have a witness amen you have power to talk right power to walk right Power to think right. Power to do right. Somebody ought to shout amen. Hallelujah. I know some of you are still struggling. Because this world is your home. But it's not my home. I'm looking for that city. That has foundations. Whose builder and maker is God. You can have this whole round world. But I'll take Jesus for my I'm looking to get out of here whenever the Lord comes. That's why Paul wrote, but I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which have died, which fell asleep in Christ Jesus. He said, don't sorrow for them like sinners who die and have no hope. Saints, we have a hope beyond the grave. Do you not realize that if you have the Holy Spirit of God huh, in you right now huh, according to the scriptures huh, 
in the book of Hebrews, you have the power of an endless life. Jesus said, I come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. Jesus said, I'll give you eternal life. Face cream that hydrates your face doesn't give you eternal life. The spa can't give you eternal life. Stretching can't give you eternal life. Jogging can't give you eternal life. And you know humming like a Hindu can't give you eternal life. Jesus Christ is life. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man come to the Father but by me. Let the church our men. Hallelujah. So the Bible tells us, for if we believe, do you believe it? That Jesus died and rose again. Do I have a believer here? The Bible said, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. What a promise. So fall asleep if that is your lot. But don't worry. Don't fret. Don't be nervous. I don't know what it is to die yet. But I imagine you're probably going to feel that breath going out for the last time. Oh, Lord Jesus. But I've had people tell me that saints they known have left singing hymns and praying and speaking with other tongues as the Spirit give utterance. They're not angry. They're not nervous. They're not afraid because they have a hope beyond the grave. Shout yeah. Shout yeah. Shout yeah. Hallelujah. If we believe that Jesus died and that God raised him from the dead, he's going to raise us too. Hallelujah. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord that we which are alive and remain and some of us if he comes soon we're going to be alive and remain we're going to be snatched we're going to be caught up hallelujah it's going to happen real quick let me tell you something else hallelujah since you're not leaving in these bodies the clothes that you have on you're going to pass right through them just like Jesus passed through his grave clothes don't you remember what happened when Mary got to the grave and Peter and John ran in the grave they still saw his grave clothes that they wrapped him up in when they placed him in the tomb of Joseph of Arimathea and they saw the napkin that they put on his face laying by itself he didn't need it anymore he passed right through it he passed right through it he passed right through it and the clothes that you have on you're going to pass through those in a moment of the twinkling of an eye and we shall be chained we shall be chained no more sorrow no more suffering no more persecution no more trouble no more headaches no more bills we 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 shall be changed I don't know about you but it gets me excited for the Bible said the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout and the voice of the archangel and the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first and those of us that are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them to meet the Lord in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord we're going home We're going home. We're going home. 
Hallelujah. And I don't know about you, but I just about had as much of this excursion as I can take. Huh? This world is getting worse and worse. And sometimes people of God are acting like they can't see what's going on. It's getting worse and worse. I don't know about every country on the face of the earth, but I do know about America. Our morals are just about gone. Huh? People, people live in sin like the Bible said, live in sin. You got males and females not married, living together, having children out of wedlock. You got males loving males. You got females loving females. And just because somebody got a beaker in their hand and a white smock and they're telling us it's all right, we're believing this foolishness. It's wrong. It's an abomination. It's not right. It might not be popular, but God's word said that's not right to live that way. Huh? Somebody said in the beginning, God made Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. Adam and Steve never could have done what God said when he said, be fruitful and multiply. We've got artificial insemination going on. People having somebody's eggs they don't even know put in them. Come on now. Amen. We're to the point now with science where it's not so much whether we can do it. It's if we should. Hmm? Praise the Lord. People's hearts are full of hatred and malice, envy, strife, sedition. And everybody wants to go to heaven and choose their own path. Even though Jesus said, I am the way. And we don't want to offend anybody, so we don't want to make somebody that doesn't know Jesus feel like they're not going to go. Oh, we're all the people of God. Not, not according to this Bible. Not according to this. And if the Bible is right, saints, somebody is wrong. I'm going to take my chances with the word of God rather than appeal to my psyche. Saying, oh, well, I don't want to offend them. I don't want them to feel bad. Listen, the scriptures written and tell us about sin so we can feel bad about sin. And feel bad enough to repent from sin. Repentance is a doctrine you don't even hear in the church anymore. Because the preacher is afraid the people might leave and not give him an offering. I don't care at all, praise the Lord. The Bible is still right. You can't live in sin and make it into the kingdom of God. You have to stop sinning. Repent from your sins. Hallelujah. And live a holy life. The Bible says that God calls us to be holy. And that word holy means we're supposed to be separated from the world. And do you not know when you separate yourself from the world, the Lord will bless you and take care of you? We had some testimonies here during the Friday night service that could blow your mind. Blow your mind. Huh? One brother testifying how they, how they, 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 they were trying to set him up. Set him up. Huh? And when they tried to set him up to destroy him, praise the Lord, on the job, the Lord opened a, a door for a whole nother opportunity, better than the one he has. Huh? I'll quote it again. You'll make a table for me. And you're going to spread that table out in the presence of mine enemies. Huh? You don't have to take people cursing you out. Huh? And being disrespectful to you. You don't have to go along with that. I'm not telling you to ball up your fist and hit anybody. But you need to respect yourself and demand that other people respect you. If you don't live that way, you ought not allow them to treat you that way. Amen. When they threatened uh, Paul and, and said, we'll just beat him and throw him away. And they said, well, here, we'll open the gates of the prison. You can leave now. Paul said, I'm not going anywhere because I'm a Roman citizen. Do you know you beat a Roman citizen without a charge and without a trial? You see, safe folk can have backbone too. When they heard that, they were shaking in their boots. Because they knew that wasn't the way it was supposed to be. That wasn't the law or the code of justice for Romans. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 
Well, you need to stand up and you need to do what's right. Here's another brother come in and testifying the other night about how when he came into the job, at first, when he first interviewed, they told him he wasn't ready. So he went away, worked wherever he was, and he came back later interviewing with different people, he said. And, and he got the job. And after being there for a year or so, they, they saw his good attitude. I need to let that sink in a little bit. Because listen, when you're saved, you ought to have a good attitude. You ought to have an obedient spirit and a good attitude. And I'll tell you personally, I don't care what you can do. I don't care if you can walk on that ceiling upside down. If you don't have a good attitude, I don't need anything you have to offer. You need to have a good attitude and the right spirit. It don't fly with me. I'd rather have nothing than have somebody with a bad attitude that's a genius. That don't move me. Either I'll do it myself or it just won't get done. You need to have the right spirit and you need to have the right attitude because you're not going to get snatched away with a bad attitude. Can you imagine if the Lord were to take some of us into heaven with the attitudes we have? Huh? There'll be another war in heaven. He already did that with Satan. And he threw him, and God threw him out. We've got to have to have the right attitude and the right spirit. When you claim the Holy Ghost, amen, you're supposed to have the right spirit. An obedient spirit. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And so here this brother works there for a while. And you all know who I'm talking about with the right attitude. He's a lovely person in our congregation. Good spirit, right spirit, competent. And we know how the Lord has just blessed him and his family through the years, taking him from nothing and bringing him to something. And he got a promotion. They bumped him up three levels. That's almost unheard of. Okay, that's fine. I'm glad you're clapping. But you know what? Really, quite frankly, that means nothing to me if you don't get caught up. If you don't get caught up, you're going to go up three levels here, but that ain't heaven when you get up three. That ain't the third heaven. That ain't the third heaven. Listen, I know y'all think I'm crazy, but all that really matters to me is getting out of here and seeing my Savior's face and feet. All the other things that happen to us nice down here, that's wonderful. But the most important thing to me is seeing my Savior's face and peace. And if I have anything that gets in the way of that, I don't want it. I don't want it. I don't want it. I don't need it. But this brother got the right spirit. And so they bumped him up three and, and paid him. I add that. Because what's the sense of going up three levels in the same pay? If, I, if that was me, I'd say, I'll stay at the level I'm at. You're not going to give me an excedrin headache and not pay me anymore. That's what's going to happen, brother. We, 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 you and I need to talk. Brother Deacon Kennard, you and I need to talk. Amen. Because I want you to keep dancing and keep shouting. But I'm going to tell you something. It's easier to dance and shout when you don't have people. Y'all that don't have no real management experience, listen, computers don't have bad attitudes. They don't frown back. They don't lie. They don't try to destroy you. Your pencil ain't never jumped out the thing and said, I ain't writing today. But people are a trip. Brother, we need to talk. Because I want you to still be singing and shouting and dancing. But there's some things that you're going to need to know so you can keep your heels high. Amen. <laughs> Somebody ought to know what I'm talking about. I'm not trying to scare you. This is just the reality of life. It's the reality of life. How many want to go home? I'm not talking about your address down here. I know some of y'all said he preached this long. And we still got things to do. He preached this long. Well, what you going to do in heaven? What you going to do when we get out of here? It's going to be like one huge church service. We're going to be singing and praising the Lord and giving thanks to God and doing whatever work he assigns us. And there's not going to be any night. Praise the Lord. Somebody said every day is going to be Sunday by and by. Hallelujah. And so if this is boring you, if it's, if it's making you feel, I don't want to get out of here. What? Why are you going there? 
At least in the other place, you can move moving around while you're hollering, ow, ow. Uh, there's going to be plenty of excitement down there, but there won't be no parties, brother. There won't be no parties. The Bible says there's going to be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Ain't nobody going to sit back in no easy chair in hell and just say, I'll just bide my time. Oh, no. Not according to the Bible. Hallelujah. Well, I, I'm looking to go home, elder. Now, does that mean I want to die tonight? I didn't say that. But if he wants to come tonight, let's go. How many are with me? If Jesus want to come today. Brother Julian, you might never get to that new job. If he come today, you'll never end up at the new job. Deacon Kennard, if he come today, you'll never see the triple promotion and the big raise. But that's all right. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now are we the sons of God. <laughs> the Bible says, but it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know this. When he shall appear, we shall be like him. How many want to be like Jesus? We shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Brother, I'm looking forward to that. I have not seen, ear has not heard, it, neither has it entered into the heart of man. The good things that God has prepared for them that love him. But, but he reveals a little to us by his spirit. He just gives us a foretaste. That's why we praise the Lord with vigor and we worship him. Amen. Because it's going to be much more of this on the other side. Come on and stand with me. Hallelujah. Somebody said, by and by, after a while, when I reach that home beyond the sky, where the wicked will cease from troubling and the weary will be at rest, every day will be Sunday, by and by. And I know you all think I'm strange and a little weird. Maybe I am. But I woke up one morning this week, and maybe that's why the Lord sent me down this trail to remind you that he's coming soon. But I began to think about some of our saints that have had to lay up here and have gone on home. And I thought about the fact I'm going to really see them again. I'm really looking forward to seeing them again when they're healthy and strong and young Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. This is not a figment of my imagination. This is the word of the Lord. Hallelujah. And I know sometimes we get happy down here and we're just dancing. We lock arms and arms and we just have. Can you imagine what it's going to be like to see Deacon Denton? A mother Powell. Praise the Lord. Or Sister Ruby Jackson. Oh, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because somebody said, when we all get together, what a day.